you have your Bibles, book of Matthew, turn to the book of Matthew, and uh, we're going to go to uh, chapter 1, get your Bible out, book of Matthew chapter 1, and uh, we're going to go to verse 18, and when you get there, say amen. So we're going to go ahead and get started. The Bible says this in the book of Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18, it says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. Everyone say a righteous man. How many of us know that God needs righteous men and women? So he said it was a righteous man who did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. God does speak to us through our dreams. Through a dream, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them, do not be afraid. Turn to your other neighbor and say, do not be afraid. To take her as your wife For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Verse 21. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Everyone say Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Why don't we go ahead and pray this afternoon. Lord, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you for everyone that made it out and those who are watching online. I pray right now that your name is honored, that your name is glorified. I count this a great privilege and honor to be speaking your word, and I know it's a holy office, God. I do not take this lightly. I pray that my words would honor you, Lord, and that you would encourage us, you would edify us, Lord, and If there's anyone here that doesn't know you today, that through the power of your Holy Spirit, they will be saved and transformed as you transformed our life. And we'll be sure to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise, and all of God's people said, amen. You know, this story with with Joseph, his life wasn't working out the way he had dreamed. The, The thing that he had hoped for didn't turn out the way that he had expected. How many of us know that God sometimes moves in our lives in our lives, sometimes not the way we expect. The Bible says that his uh, uh, bride-to-be was pregnant, and Joseph was living a pure life before the Lord. So there was a problem there for him. My fiance is pregnant, but we've been living pure, and she's telling me she's living pure, but there's a problem. Men, do you understand the problem? Do you see the problem there? Sisters, do you understand the problem there? That was going through his mind, but Joseph being a righteous man, I said, everyone say righteous, and we know there's still righteous men. Amen. There's still righteous, you single ladies, there's still righteous men that God can use to be your husband. Somebody's saying, Pastor, I don't trust. <laughs> uh, you know what? Keep on praying. Keep on praying. And uh, you men, there's still righteous women. There's still righteous women that God can bring into your 
life. You know, I noticed there was more women that said amen than men. So we're going to be praying for you singles today. Thank you, Joseph. So there was a problem. His dream, there was a problem. But all of a sudden what happened was he had a secret plan to quit and to break the engagement off quietly. And how many of us have ever been going through a trial in our life and we plan to quit, but we don't tell nobody about it? We say, you know what, I'm planning to quit. Some of you right now, you're planning to quit. But God wants you to know it's not time to quit. Some of you, this may have been your last service here. You're planning to quit, but God says, do not quit. Because what's conceived in you is of the Holy Spirit. Don't let go of the dreams that God has given you before they give birth. Because a lot of us, we become impatient with God, and we don't see him moving in our time tail or the way that we expected and we had hoped. But I want to tell you that God is setting you up, and the plan that God has for you is greater than the plan that you have for yourself. The way you expected, the way you wrote it out is not the way our author and finisher of our faith writes. But I want to say that his piece is a masterpiece. And that when he is in your life and you let him be the author of your life, you're going to look at the end of your life and go say, God, thank you for those trials I went through. Thank you for what I went through at that season in my life, even though I didn't understand. Lord, because what was conceived in me at that time was of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit. So Joseph had planned to quit. So some of you today, that's the only word you're going to get. You're planning to quit. Don't quit. Don't quit on your marriage. Don't quit on your unsafe family. Don't quit on your destiny. Don't quit, don't quit on your calling that God has given you inside of your life. Don't quit. Look at your neighbor and say, don't quit. You there online, type it in. Don't quit. Jesus is on the throne. The Bible says then he had a supernatural dream. How many know that we can have supernatural dreams? I'm going to tell you about a supernatural dream that I had. I remember, uh, I remember uh, two years ago, my dad, he, he, he had got cancer. And I remember the day that he was going to get his diagnosis. I remember that I had a dream. And I remember in that dream, I seen him preaching. I seen him preaching the word of God, and he was healthy again. And I remember that I didn't know what was going on, but I remember that he called me that afternoon and he told me what had taken place. And I said, Dad, Mom, I had a dream this morning. And in that morning, in the morning, I seen him preaching and praising God. And I seen young adults singing and worshiping. And you know what else I seen? I even seen young adults dancing as they were worshiping the Lord. It was a Holy Ghost dance. It wasn't no clubbing dancing. Hello, someone. We're not going to bring that here. Holy Ghost. And I remember I told him that, and you know, my dad went through the cancer. Man, he got hit hard. It was, there was times where we were just wondering, God, what's, but now as I look at my dad, he's preaching again. He's back preaching again. And man, he went through the fire. He went through some rough times. But I remember that dream. It was a Holy Ghost dream. Holy Spirit dream. And God will speak to us through our dreams. Are all dreams from God? No, not all dreams are from God. But there's some dreams 
that will bear witness with your spirit in the season that you're in to help you get through to the other side. And God will speak. And now he's preaching. And I went there to his church about a month ago, and he had all kinds of young adults there just worshiping God. Now this word that God had given Joseph was a prophecy that was written hundreds of years before in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Everyone say Emmanuel one more time. And the reason why I keep on saying say it is because what it means is God is with us. God is with us. I'm going to say that one more time so it can hit your heart because some of you don't, you don't believe that. But God is with you. God is with you today. And I know Christmas season can be, you know, a great time, but also it could be a very lonely time. There's, there's some of us here, you may have had loss this year. You may have maybe someone that, that, that you loved, maybe they went to uh, be with the Lord. Maybe someone's battling sickness today. Maybe, uh, maybe your husband left you, or maybe you lost someone in your life. Maybe this year, 2020, has been one hard year for you. And you're going to Christmas, you're like, God, are you even with me? Are you even by my side? You know, last week we preached about holiness and we preached about God. But you know, the good news is that when we're going forward for God, he's with us. He's with us. And maybe today you're in a lonely season. I want to tell you, the world has never seen a greater love than Jesus' love. And today I want to preach a message, Emmanuel, God is with us, because some of you right now, you're like, Pastor Danny, I don't even have no friends. I don't even have no family. I lost this. I lost that. But I want to tell you that this Christmas, Jesus wants to be your best friend. And I'm not talking about an imaginary friend. I'm not talking about, you know, thinking, you know, just really positive. All I'm talking about, I'm talking about the living son of God. I'm talking about the prince of peace. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. He dwells inside of us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus wants to be your best friend. He wants to be that friend that you've never had in your life. Maybe you've been serving God for a long time, but you're still lonely. Maybe you have all kinds of people around you. You're still lonely. You're still hurting. And the reason why it's very simple, Jesus is not your best friend. Because when Jesus is our best friend, when he's my best friend, it changes everything. The emptiness leaves. The loneliness leaves. The anxiety leaves our life when Jesus is our best friend. Emmanuel, God is with us. Have you ever had a friend that abandoned you when you needed them most? Like maybe you're playing basketball. And they had two captains, and your best friend's right there. And you're like, oh, please, pick. I know he's going to pick me first. I know they're going to pick me first because that's my best friend. And all of a sudden, he's like, I'll take him. I'll take her. I'll take him. I'll, oh, you're going to have to sit out this one. <laughs> Jesus doesn't want us to sit out. He's going to be with us. Jesus has chosen us. Emmanuel, God is with us.
Jesus is our best friend. Even today, you might have everything in this world, but you're still empty. Is Jesus your best friend? Proverbs 18, 24 says, a man who has friends must show himself friendly, but there's a friend. Everyone say, there's a friend that stick it closer than a brother. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. A friend who will stick closer than a brother. That's Jesus this morning. The book of John chapter 15 verse 13 says, there is no greater love than this to lay down one's life for his friends. There's no greater love than to lay down our life for our friends. And that's what Jesus did for me. Isn't that amazing that Jesus loved us so much that he laid down his very life for us? You know, that's amazing. He laid down his very life for us. And some of us don't even talk to him. We don't even spend time with him. We look for answers everywhere else instead of looking to Jesus. We go to, we go to the search engines searching for answers that only Jesus can give. We go to this thing. We go to that thing. We, you know, we, we, and then, you know, Jesus is there. And I, I believe Jesus, he want, I know he wants to spend time with us. I know Jesus, he wants to be with us. He wants us to pray. Oh, man, we need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to seek the Lord Jesus Christ. Yesterday, we did something really cool. I thought it was amazing. But we went to pray at Whittier Central Park at 8 o'clock in the morning. We just went out. We started praying. We were worshiping the Lord. And I heard someone say, hallelujah. It was another believer. I go, oh, my gosh, another believer. Hey, you want to pray with us? We're walking. I kid you not. We're walking. I'm walking around the park, Central Park, 8 o'clock in the morning. And we're praying. And I get to a piece of concrete. And it says, Jesus loves you. Pray. I, tell you, I got a picture of it on my phone. I'll show you after church if you think I'm just kidding. No, there is a piece of concrete that says, Jesus loves you. Pray. Talk to the Lord. Spend time with Jesus. There's no greater friend than Jesus. No greater friend. No greater friend than Jesus. He's a better friend than your spouse. He has to be number one. He's a better friend than all your friends and coworkers. He needs to be number one. When was the last time you text Jesus? You say, well, I don't have his number. Because you haven't asked him for it. If you ask him for his number, Jesus, what is your number? What is his number? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave what? His only begotten son, whosoever shall believe in him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You know what? Today, church, if I can give you anything, Jesus wants to be our friend. He wants to be our friend. He's Emmanuel. God is with us. The Bible says in John 15, 14, you are my friends. Jesus is talking. Have you friended God? You are my friends if you do what I command. 
and no longer you're no longer slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I want you to say, God chose me. Isn't that amazing? God chose us. Oh, my gosh. God chose Danny. God chose, God chose us. God chose us for his kingdom, for his glory, to be his friends. He goes, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. You say, Pastor, I don't believe that. Go to James chapter 2, verse 23. The Bible says, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God. Everyone say, believe God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. A friend of God. And how did he become a friend? By faith. That when you and I are talking, and you and I, for example, we're laying our burdens before the Lord. We say, Jesus, we, we, you know, we say, Jesus, um, we, you know, we come home and maybe you're having a rough day at work and you, you sit down and you say, Jesus, I'm having a rough day right now. I'm going through this in my marriage. I'm going through this in my life. I'm going through this, Lord. And, and you're, you're letting God know your burdens. You can lay it down at the feet of Jesus. Did, you, did we know, we, we, as Christians, as believers, we can take our problem to the wrong places. When we have a great friend that wants to hear us. When we have a friend that wants to be by our side, that wants to give us insight, direction inside of our life, there's no other greater friend than Jesus. No other greater friend than Jesus Christ. Does he bless us with good friends in our life? Of course he does. But there's no greater friend than Jesus Christ. There's no greater friend than Jesus Christ. And maybe you're lonely, you're empty, and you're searching for for. For, for fulfillment and, and just your friendships and you know you have good friends you have good homies you have all these great people that you love and you like but you're still empty you know why because you've been neglecting the main friend the one who's supposed to be your be your, your best friend Jesus Christ your BFF right see God he wants to be our BFF your friend that wherever we go we could talk to him we can pray to him he wants to be our friend. There's a song, a hymn that some of you know, what a friend we have in Jesus. Did any of you remember that hymn? That song? I'm not going to try to sing it because I can't sing. But when I'm with my friend Jesus, he doesn't discriminate against me. I am singing my lungs out. And you know what happens when I sing? He doesn't push me away. His presence invades my home, my room. Right there, I'm full of the joy of the Holy Spirit. But the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, says these words. It says, have we trials and temptations? Some of you are saying, Pastor Danny, now you're preaching. I'm going through some trials and some temptations. Is there any trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend too faithful who will share our sorrows? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Emmanuel, God is with us, a true friend. He is a friend who knows our struggles. Our temptation that you're facing today, that I'm facing today, he knows our struggle. 
The Bible says he understands humanity for he as a man was our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way just as we are. And conquered sin, so now we come freely and boldly where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. Hebrews 4, 15 through 16, Jesus knows our temptation. Our friend knows our struggle. Have you ever had a friend try to relate to you and they don't even know what you're going through? And you're just like, shut up, please. Jesus knows. Jesus knows everything. Jesus knows our struggle. He's the friend who knows our struggle. Second, Jesus is the friend who weeps with us. You know, when we're weeping, sometimes we just got to weep. You can't stop. You don't, you don't want to stop someone from weeping because God's healing. And some of you this year, you have wept. You have wept. Maybe you're going through something. You're weep. Maybe you're praying for an unsaved loved one. You're weeping for them. Maybe you lost something, lost someone, and you're weeping. The Bible says in John 11, verse 35, the very shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. When he seen Mary and Martha, and when he seen that they had lost he had lost his friend, Lazarus. See, Jesus had friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. They were Jesus' friends. And when he had seen that Lazarus had passed away, the Bible says that Jesus, he wept. And some of us this afternoon, we've been weeping. We've been crying. But you know what? In the room when we think we're all alone, Jesus is there weeping with us. Weeping with us. He knows our pain. He knows our trial, he knows our suffering. Emmanuel, the Lord, is with us. Another thing about Jesus, I love this, is Jesus is a friend who will tell us the truth. A true friend will tell us the truth. The Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus tells us the truth. He says, hey, you need to pray more. Hey, you shouldn't talk like that. Hey, you, you need to repent of that sin. Why? Because Jesus tells us the truth. Another thing about our friendship with the Lord, how many enjoy, the, enjoy your friendship with Jesus? How many you go out with Jesus tonight and hang out inside your room and say, Lord, I'm going to praise you tonight. I'm going to worship you. There's something amazing about when we, we come to Jesus, but I love this one. Jesus is a friend who can be fully trusted. He's a friend that can be fully trusted. The Bible says in John 14, 1, do not worry or surrender to fear, for you have believed in God now. Trust and believe in me also. I don't know about you, but that encourages me. That gives me inspiration in my life that I can trust in Jesus. I can trust in his word. I can trust that I put my hope in him and that he's going to see me through. 
See, when I feel like I can't go forward, I go to the word of God and I read verses like John chapter 14. But I want you to personalize that verse today because God's word is for us. It's living and active for us. And I want you to say your name right now as I say my name right now in this verse. Okay, so let's do it together. Danny, do not worry or surrender to fear. And I, put your, I want you to put your name in that parentheses right now. You could do it in your mind. You could do it in your heart. But whatever you're going through, I want you to say, I'm not going to bow down to fear, but I'm going to trust you, Jesus. And there's something supernatural that happens that's activated when we trust in the Lord. There's something supernatural that, that takes place inside of our life when we trust in the Lord. And the Bible says this, for you believed in God, now trust and believe in me also. That's awesome that we can trust and believe in Jesus. See, as a preacher, my job is to lead you to Jesus, to lead you to the Lord, not to lead you to me or to anyone else. You know, we're called to be examples. Never, you know, I want you to know something really quick. We're called to be examples, but ultimately, Jesus. Jesus, that's the name that we lift up. We lift up the name of Jesus. We lift up his name and we give him all the glory. We give him all the honor. We give him all the worship. And when you and I do that, the Bible says when we, when we lift him up, that he draws all men unto himself. And so we want to lift up the, 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 our best friend, Jesus Christ. We want to lift him up. And he's going to encourage us for, forward. Amen. You know, there's been times in my life that I've been so discouraged. I remember as a teenager being lonely, hurting. I remember being suicidal as a teenager. I, I, I remember times just, God, you know, like I, I was going through so much. I remember skateboarding and, and just skateboarding and on marijuana. I remember drinking. I remember looking in all kinds of places and being around a lots of people that I were like, man, these guys are really cool guys. But there was an emptiness in my life. There was an emptiness inside of my heart. And the only time in my life that that emptiness was filled with joy and peace is when I surrendered my life totally to Jesus. And he has been my very best friend. I've been through good times. I've been through bad times. But the good thing is this, is he has been with me through it all. And he has what? Encouraged me. He has guided me through his Holy Spirit. He has given me insight. There's sometimes, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't, have you ever said, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. And he's like, I'm just going to carry you right now. I'm just going to carry you through this right now. You don't even have to talk. I'm just going to carry you. He is my best friend. But many of you, you're hearing this. And you're going, Pastor Danny, I can preach that message better than you because of what I've been through. And he's been a faithful friend to me. He's been a faithful friend to me. As the worship team makes their way up here, do you have any friends that are supposed to be praying for you? You tell them, hey, can you, be, you know, keep this in prayer? Um, keep this in prayer, that prayer. And then a week later you go to them and go, have you been praying for them? They're like, what, what are you talking about? Well, you know the good thing about Jesus? He's always praying for us. That's a good friend. 
The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 34, it says, Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted, and enthroned by God at the right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he's constantly praying for us, for our triumph? He's a friend. He's a trusted friend. He won't backstab. He won't abandon. He won't lie to you. He won't go, okay, I got a cooler person here, so I'm going to spend time with them. Not you no more. He is a true friend. The Bible says he's a friend that will never leave us. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 that he will never leave us. Isn't that amazing? He'll never leave us. And he'll give us signs that he's with us. Right when you feel like you can't go forward, he'll give you a sign. You're like, oh, Jesus, you're such a good friend. He'll give you a dream. Someone will call you. Say, hey, I just want to tell you, I feel like the Lord's impressed for me to let you know you're special to him. You know, about two months ago, we couldn't find a building. We couldn't find even a parking lot. And um, Pastor Reuben, he was driving home. And if for you that don't know, he's passing by this place. And he's like, I'm going to call the pastor of this church. So he calls the pastor. And he says, hey, I need to tell you, we need a building. We're a church. Can we use your parking lot? Pastor Dan Pryor of this amazing church said, sure, whatever you need. And I remember Pastor Reuben calling me. And I remember just being so encouraged, so encouraged by that. Because it was just like a really, it was like there was so much no's, 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 no's. Have you ever got tired of no? No, 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 no. And it was always the same excuse. COVID, COVID, whatever. Anyways, what happened is we come, the pastor is leading us through here, and he's just uh, he's telling us his story about how his wife went to be with the Lord, and she was a missionary, and they're missionaries in Bolivia. And I didn't, I couldn't even talk. I had all these words I was going to say. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that. And I, I was just silent. I couldn't even say anything. And then we get to, we're going through the church, and we get to the chapel. And they says, look at the stained glass. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, this is, this is stained glass. And stained glass is a, it's a dying profession in, in churches, but it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. And he's like, look at right there. Can you see the name there? And me and Pastor Ruben, we're looking hard and we can't see. And then he says, look, look a little harder. And he goes, it says Emmanuel. And I remember right there in my spirit, I knew God was telling me something. He's with us. He's with us. He's with us. And today... I want to tell you that in heaven, God, he's praying for you. The Bible said, we just read it, Romans 8, 34. But you know the good news, church? This is amazing. Whatever you're going through today, you feel like, I don't have a friend in the world. I'm alone. 
I've lost, let me say this, God is with you. God is with you. And he's going to see you through. It might not be how you expect or how I expect, but there's victory in store for us because of him, because of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say that one more time because I think we should have been clapping a little louder because of what he did, not... It says, if anyone's going to boast, let them boast in the Lord. There's victory inside of our life. Right now, you might not be on the other side yet, but you're going to get to that other side of victory. And it's because if you say, Pastor, I feel like I'm going to give up. I'm going to throw in the towel. I'm going I'm to bend. No, don't quit. There's victory in store. God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. I declare, I decree without a shadow of a doubt, God is with you. He says, lo, I am with you all till the very end of the age. Do you get that? When Jesus says, lo, that says without a shadow of a doubt. That's kind of like a presumptuous phrase. It's kind of like a like a boastful phrase that he's saying, like he's the creator of this idea. When Jesus says, verily, verily, he says, lo, I am with you to the end of the age. And I want to tell you, God's saying, without a doubt, fully confident, he's with us till the end of the age. He's going to see us through to the other side. Oh my gosh. Some of you felt like God's not with you. No, God's with you, but he's making you right now. He's doing something in your life, right? You don't like it. I don't like it. None of us like it. But he's still in control. He's still God. He's still faithful. And he's still going to see us through. He's with us. If you get anything from this message, Jesus wants to be your very best friend. He wants to be. He's with you in those moments when you're crying, when you feel like, man, what's the use? He's with you. He's by your side. And he's going to see you through to the other side. Every head bowed in this place. This privilege is for believers. And maybe you're here tonight, you're, you're not a believer. You're saying, what does that mean? What I mean by that is this, is that you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have not asked God to forgive you of your sins. You say, well, what is sin? Sin is lying. Sin is lawlessness. You might say, well, I'm a good person. That doesn't make you right with God. Being a good person doesn't make us right with God. What makes us right with God is to be born again and to trust in Him and repent of all of our sins, saying, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I need you. And maybe you're here tonight, this afternoon, you don't have that assurance, and you want your sins forgiven. You want your name written in the Lamb's book of life. You want this new life that we're talking about. You want these benefits of being a friend of Jesus, that He'll never leave you. Say, I want to accept Jesus in my life. Well, right where you're at, just raise your hand up. Say, I like Christ in my life. I like surrender my life to Jesus. I like my sins forgiven. This morning, this afternoon, you say, I like, to, I like my sins forgiven. I want to join the family of the Lord. Raise your hand up right where you're at. Saying, yes, I like Christ in my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Believing that we're all saved. And surrender to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. If we could all stand in this place. And maybe you're here. And right where you're at. You feel like you're all alone. You feel like, man, this Christmas is going to be hard. 
I don't know how I'm going to make it through. Right where you're at, what I want you to do is I want you to raise your hands up. Right where you're at. I want you to raise your hands up. And right now, we're going to decree and declare in the mighty name of Jesus. He's ministering right now to some of you. He's ministering right now to some of you. Without me even talking, he's ministering to you. He's with you. Hallelujah. Right here in this place, Father, we come humbly before your throne. And many of us, Lord, this has been the hardest year of our lives. Lord, but we know you've seen every tear. Lord, we know that you're with us. Lord, and right now we come against every spirit of doubt and unbelief. Lord, and right now we receive, God, by faith, faith in you, Lord. We receive hope. We come against hopelessness right now in Jesus' mighty name. We come against hopelessness in this season, Lord. Release your hope. Lord, and right now we pray, God, that you would release faith, God. Let us be in your word. Let us be in your word in this season, God. Let us not be scrolling to the wrong places, Lord, but let us, Lord, be in your word, God. Because your word brings life, it brings hope, it brings faith. Lord, and right now, Lord, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus that, Lord, you release, God, your love, God, that we would come back to our first love. You're our first love. You're our everything. You're our all. You're our strength. Let us come back to you, Lord. Let's stop looking for love and friendship in the wrong places, God, but let us come boldly to your throne of grace, God, because you are the true friend. You are the righteous friend, God. Let us be friends with you, God. And right now in this place, Lord, that you release by your power and by your anointing, God, you release, God, a new strength. As we worship right now, God, that you release, God, in this atmosphere, breakthrough. In the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's people, begin to praise the Lord. Oh, we praise you, God.